0: I guess, long story short, one of the questions was, if you don't do this right what are you gonna tell people, right? So the people that matter. So obviously I'm trying to do this for my family, for my kids, so if I don't do this, what happens? Well then, you know, obviously we can't afford where we live in, we gotta make some changes, sell the home potentially, all that stuff. And so what am I gonna tell my kids? i say, okay, it's a moving day, you know, we're gonna move, obviously they'll be sad. i said, but what am I gonna tell them? We have to move because your father can't talk to human beings that's what sales is it's getting on the phone talking to people and so I thought that and I picture that so picture it right now that's gonna be me I see ourselves in the living room you know moving boxes saying that's what I'm gonna say you know and then when that hate me it's like that's not an answer right so get on the damn phone
1: the most inspiring stories from today's most successful mortgage brokers. Join your host Scott Peckford on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hey, Broker Nation, Scott Peckford here. Welcome to I B Rookie Mortgage Broker Podcast. Every Friday, we talk to a new rookie who's making waves. Figure out what they're doing. How are you being successful? Because I started this back in 2006, and some of the stuff that I did back then would not work today. And so it's important to know that you know how do you be successful today. And so this is what we talk about today. I'm actually doing a best of series from going back to a bunch of conversations I have with some amazing mortgage brokers who are brand new. And I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. Let me give a shout out to our title sponsor Finmo. So Finmo is a Canadian mortgage application document collection submission platform. Very easy to use. You can set it up quickly. It's really intuitive for clients. It's got smart docs feature, which means that as the client's filling with the app, it's figuring what documents they need. Once you get that app in and you start working it over, the client starts sending you documents through the online portal. You can look at the documents, you can give them a thumbs up or thumbs down. Yep, this looks good or doesn't. And then when you're ready to figure out what to do with it, it connects to lender spotlight and you can literally go in and search rates and guidelines and it'll help you figure out where the best place to put that loan is. The average user of Finmo is saving three 24 hour periods a year using this software. So go check them out, finmo.ca. And in this upcoming section, I talked to Keisha Johnson on getting outside of her comfort zone. So check this out.
2: I started in this industry based on me wanting to help individuals. That was actually the driving force for me, having a will to help others. And before I got into this industry, I kind of put up a barrier with regards to home ownership, feeling that it was impossible. You know, I just couldn't save enough or I didn't have the information that I needed to get into a home. And I thought to myself, you know, it seems so difficult. How can I achieve this goal for myself and also help others as well? And so in taking the course, I started to understand that it's really about understanding and finding someone who's going to take the time to break it down. And it's really not that impossible. It's just finding the information and positioning yourself so that you can execute home ownership.
1: Okay. So you came through our program that we did for new people. What was this for you the biggest takeaway that you got from that program?
2: Yeah, I would say the biggest takeaway is get on the phone <laughs> and make those calls. You know, it's so simple for us to kind of put that in the back. Especially if you're having files that are, you know, referred over to you, you have to still get on the phone and, you know, make that contact with the clients, potential clients, with the real estate agents. So I would say uh, we did that program, I think it was Game of Phones. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, that was really amazing for me, you know, getting on the calls and, you know, connecting with, you know, potential clients, you know, connecting with real estate agents. So I would say get on the phone and make those calls. Designate some time. I try to do it between 11 and 12 each day. So designate some time where you are actually going through your call list and, you know, reconnecting with your clients yes. and,
1: and your pro partners. And so yeah. from doing that, was there any new relationships that you were able to develop? Just curious, what was sort of the result of starting to build that new muscle?
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, even reaching out to you know the real estate agents that I was reaching out to, I had some good response from them, and you know making connections with uh, new real estate agents. I already have a few real estate agents that I work with, and the relationship has been positive. And I feel that I definitely have a lot to offer. You know, and so in getting into that program, I you know started to reach out to more real estate agents, and it's been wonderful. A few of them have sent over files, and some not as yet, but that's okay. You know, we build that connection, and when the time is right the right Mm -hmm. plan will
1: come over. So last question. So knowing what you know now, so if you go back in time and what advice would you give yourself or what would you do different if you had to start over again?
2: I would definitely say putting myself out there. You know, when I first got my mortgage license, it was I'm a mortgage agent, come find me. Mm
0: -hmm. Right.
2: And (laughs) that doesn't work. Right. You definitely have to be willing to put yourself out there because no one's going to know that exists unless you actually put yourself out there. So it's taking the time to market, taking the time to make those connections. That's what's truly going to build your business. And if I was doing that from the ground up, I think, you know, it would have made a world of difference, but guess what? Nothing happens before it's time. And that's what I'm definitely doing right now. And I see the difference.
1: All right, so getting outside your comfort zone is gonna be something you're gonna to have to learn how to do if you wanna be successful Well, in anything, but certainly in the mortgage business because it's very competitive out there. And so if you sit back and wait for people to find you, you're probably not gonna make it work. In this upcoming conversation I have with Justin, so Justin funded 57 mortgages in his first year. We did a bunch of coaching with Justin. The guy's got an amazing drive and ambition, and I think you're gonna learn a ton from this conversation. So, Check out this conversation with Justin. Right. And how long ago did you start? And did you go full-time right away or part-time? What was sort of the, you know, because some people when they're starting out, there's a transition. What did you do? So I believe
3: April or May of 2019, I got my like officially everything done with my license and everything. So I uh, I quit my job right away and jumped in and I only had about $8,000 in my bank account. And I like to probably spend like 5000 a month on my life. So right. yeah, kind of a transition I didn't realize was going to be so hard. <laughs> right what
1: surprised you most about the mortgage business
3: not getting paid quickly
1: <laughs> like how long did it take from that first you know okay jump in both feet and I know you're that kind of dude so you're like that's not just how you're wired but how long did it take before you actually started to get paid so the first month I got
3: nothing which I didn't realize I mean we can kind of side note a little bit I did the JD Smythe going to Home Depot and talking to self-employed guys um, yeah. I was like who's gonna resonate with me seeing as yeah, i see you to work kind of your people right you were yeah bar- and you know I, I have tattoos and i have a big beard so i figured hey those people might do business with me so first month i didn't do anything second month i funded one deal but because of my split i only got like a thousand bucks i think it was and
1: then the second month i funded seven deals you mean the third month or third month sorry third yeah, month. yeah that's good and so did you get business from so jd Smythe, if you guys can go back and listen to that episode he talks about how we'd go to home people parking lots and talk to contractors did you get any business from that Oh, I got a lot. So I probably
3: got, honestly, anywhere from like 10 to 20 names a day. And I went for three and a half weeks straight from 7am to 1030. I saw some of the same people <laughs> multiple times. The focus wasn't even giving my card to them. It was actually getting their name and email address and phone number. And then I followed up. Generally, I would do it every second day. I'd follow up with the people from two days before. Did
1: home be They didn't care. I never. I'm probably a scary looking guy. Yeah, dude, just so people can picture you, because, like, you're a power lifter, and, like, how tall are you? So I'm 6'1".
3: I'm 301 pounds currently.
1: Um, (laughs) You look like a football, like, (laughs) linebacker or, like, a lineman or something.
3: Yeah, I squat 500 pounds, like, every third day, twice a week, and I deadlift 600 pounds, so I'm not... A spring small chicken no no <laughs>
1: yeah. you have what they used to call in the police physical presence it's like a little bit a little take bit some room. Take some room. A little okay bit. now as an entrepreneur but is there anything that you failed at now looking back there was a lesson in it for you because i always feel like failure is just opportunity for learning so what's something that you learned from a failure
3: honestly too many deals probably failed just because i didn't know what i was doing i had a really good mentor and i had support but i had the if you can do these deals by yourself you get a better split so for me, it was like, you know, I already see the potential of monetary. Value. So the faster
1: you can pick it up, the faster you, you know, make more money, basically.
3: Yeah. So I think just the biggest one's probably not asking for as much help. There's definitely a handful of deals that I can think of just off the top of my head where I could structure them now very easily. But at the time, I didn't know what I didn't know. Right. If, right. So if- w- what is your goal
1: now? We talked about this a little bit before we turned on, but like some people's goals, I want to do hundred million, but you've sort of had a bit of a mindset shift. Tell me about that sort of how you're defining your success. So
3: a hundred million from a monetary standpoint, which none of us are in this job to, you know, be a millionaire. would be obviously amazing. We would love to make a million dollars. I'm sure everyone listening would love that. And I would love that too, to be fully honest. And I'm sure eventually I will get there. But after my conversation with Ryan and the burnout situation, he kind of brought up like, why do you not try and do the volume you're doing, but work less? And, you know, realistically you're doubling your income because you're now only working four hours to the eight. So the game plan is to kind of keep it where the business is at now, but I'm only going to try and work, you know, half a day.
1: Right. What's your game plan to actually make that happen? Like what are the things you think you need to do in order to get to that fewer hours, but same output? So I have an associate who's been doing
3: all kind of my back end stuff from approval on or everything he can do. Cause he's not licensed just yet, but he's in the midst of getting licensed. So I think that'll be a big one. And then I have a second candidate ready to come on as strictly client care afterwards. So I think that'll definitely bring it up as well as I have already reduced my client calls to a certain point as it is already. And then the mornings are kind of just for like underwriting, whatever I have to do as it sits right now, my days are done generally speaking about 3 PM.
1: Right. That's awesome.
3: And I I started nine, give or take. So I'm a little over the four hours, but I already can see it shrinking easily.
1: Right. What happens is you create a smaller container and you become more productive during that time, but also now you're relying on support, which is good and you stick to the really high value activities and you can change the game. So what I love is that instead of the game just being more, your game is better. It's like, how do I do the same, but better or with less you know, effort? So I think it's great that you have this epiphany because you can, well, you know, the number of units you're doing and lead to burnout. You only really do it in a couple of years, but that's amazing. All right. Just love that conversation with Justin. Love talking to that guy. He's just got so much energy. In this upcoming section, I talked to Augusto Arezzo. Augusto, we did some training with him as well, coached him. And, you know, no background in sales, no background in real estate and how a massive shift in his mindset completely turned everything for him. And now he's got a very successful mortgage business. It's actually amazing to see what he's done. I'm super proud of Gus. i Gus. And just what he's done because a guy like Justin, Justin, the guy I talked to previously, guy has tons of drive and he's got sales experience. So it's going to be a little bit easier for him, you know, and you can see that how he did in his first year. Gus comes in, you know, doesn't have those same natural background and stuff and still is doing amazing and continues to grow his business. And it all happened when it was a massive shift he had in his mindset. So check this out. So was there any point you questioned that you chose the right industry? So is there any point you're like, oh my gosh, what have I got myself into? Should I go back to IT? Because I know that sometimes new people can get that when, you know, it's harder than most people realize to get going.
0: Yeah, every day, to be honest. Like I said, so I'd wake up, I got, you know, your typical eight hours, to, you know, at home to say, okay, I'm a mortgage agent. So I do some stuff. And then what do I do now? And, you know, at some point, I would inevitably go to LinkedIn and see what's going on in my past career. And maybe, you know, getting a job back there would help uh, ease the pain. So, yeah, so I did that consistently for a while. And I think I did that into uh, finally early 2020. So sort of, once I got into the program and I was doing stuff, that's when, you know, just stopped. I realized, you know, looking back that's kind of when I just kind of stopped because
1: uh, right you were in the mortgage business but you still had your kind of one eye on something else possibly and so what kind of change for you to go from like okay maybe I'm gonna do this to like I'm all in I'm gonna do it you remember like any kind of a switch or what happened there
0: There's multiple things, but I guess it's just self-belief, right? And that's one thing I credit you and Steve Diamond with changing my mindset, right? Mm -hmm. Once I believed in myself, you know, then it's like, I can do this, right? Right. And then it's just a matter of how soon and how fast and how much do I want it? Things are complex. You guys just taught me to do this. And that was the main thing is the mindset once I believed in it. And that was a big conversation with Steve Diamond, where you guys told me this is what you need to do. You don't know, right? Are you sure? Will this actually happen if I do this? Will it work? Okay, you say this, but yeah, all these doubts,
1: right, that you have that you can be like, oh my gosh.
0: Yeah. But I had that one-on-one with Steve, which was great. And he just gave me a very honest answer, said, listen, if you do what we tell you to do, you know, I promise you that you'll be successful. You just have to do it consistently. And you have to, you'll get over your fear, you'll be successful and you'll be able to do things. So I, I took that to heart. I said, Okay, let's go. And that's when I just the shift happened. Yeah, I, I remember, I man, like I say, things you're,
1: were. you're like in first and then second, third, and just, you know, just starting to pick up. So I always say there's two kinds of skills you need to develop as a mortgage broker sales and underwriting, which one was harder for you?
0: Yeah, so for me it was a sell right underwriting my past career i said technology analytics it's all about puzzles numbers that's all fun right and i can sit behind a computer screen and feel comfortable all day right and doing all kinds of stuff on biologics or what have but it was a sales right so before i got into this for me sales was a bad little word right yeah. um and i really didn't know what it meant what does it mean to sell right and i heard you know some good things about saying you oh, know it's all about helping people and but i didn't really believe that right so just getting through like i said the mindset and one thing that you helped drill in me, Scott, is we we're doing one mindset session. We we're talking about identifying your why, right? And again, mm-hmm. you're not the first person to say that everybody's. But uh, I went through the practice of identifying my why, and I did, right? And then once I figured that out, that turned everything on, and I just started saying, "Okay, let's move forward," right? Just, and then yeah, I realized- yeah, the gears just shifted. So, yeah, I
1: remember you shared this with me before. And maybe if you're okay sharing it, but like you know, you were doing game of phone, so that's where you get together, make calls, and you know, we do that kind of stuff. But you were struggling with that. And then all of a sudden, you sort of had this mindset insight that you just came up with all on your own, you came up with this insight. And then that insight led you to be like, wait a second. So can you share that? Because I just feel like somebody listening to this would be like, yeah, I feel the way you do a gusto, you know, sales is not my thing. And, you know, I don't know if I can do this. And so walk me through what that shift was that you had.
0: Yeah. We had a session about finding your why, right? Like, why am I doing this, right? After the call there or during the call, I was doing a bit after the call. I just took time. Like, just really, okay, I'll make the effort to do this. And... And why am I doing this? And you know, figured, okay, so we're trying to live here in Toronto and have a good life. And then, I guess, long story short, one of the questions was if you don't do this, right? What are you going to tell people, right? So, the people that matter. So, obviously, I'm trying to do this for my family, for my kids. So, if I don't do this, what happens? Well, then, you know, obviously, we can't afford where we live living. We got to make some changes, sell the home, potentially, all that stuff. And so, what am I going to tell my kids? I say, okay, it's a moving day, you know, we got to move. Obviously, they'll be sad. I said, but what am I going to tell them? We have to move because your father, can't talk to human beings that's what sales is it's it's getting on the phone talking to people and so i thought that and i picture that still picture right now that's gonna be me i see ourselves in the living room you know moving boxes saying that's what i'm gonna say you know and then when that hate me it's like that's not an answer right so get on the damn phone so right the the first time
1: you even when you tell me now i still get goosebumps when you share this with me because i'm just like that is a visceral. Like you talk about why. There's a why and then it's what happens if I don't, which is a powerful question.
0: Yeah, and no, I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, you just have your marching orders, right? Just get it done. And it's funny because looking back now, and honestly, anybody listening, like we all have the capability. Right? I always remember talking to a friend of mine that was in the industry. He's pretty high up in the industry. I honestly asked him way back then when before I started all this, is do you think I'm capable of being a mortgage agent, right? And he answered me, yes, of course, you have capabilities, you're a smart guy, you're a good guy. But when I think back about questions, like, absolutely, like, why would I even ask? Of course, I have the capability, the abilities to do this, right? It's just more of the desire. Do you desire enough to be uncomfortable to do things you haven't done before, right? Which is call human beings all the time, right? In order to do it, that's all it is, right? And so it's not a capability thing, right? So if I ever was going to fail, it's not because my mind is, can't, you know, Process the industry. It's just a choice, right? I choose not to be uncomfortable. And that's going to be, you know, why the reason I tap out, right? So looking back at all this, and when I meet other people now, it's like, you know, 99 times out of 100, of course you have the capability. And you've probably already done something 10 times in your life that are much harder than this. And you've gone through them successfully, you know, everything from immigrating or giving birth to a child or having a family or all these things in life that make you do things. Mm-hmm. Um, that are difficult but the rewards are great like this is kind of the same just throw yourself in there know what's going to be uncomfortable right everyday challenges but you almost kind of enjoy it now i enjoy that oh man here we go right and seeing what we can do with this to make it better and it's the challenge who's going to challenge me today what's going to challenge me today and you enjoy it right it's not like mm-hmm. you reach a, a zenith and then you're just relaxing it's just every day. There's, there's always a new challenge there's
1: always a new you know I they think think say new level new devil All right, so hopefully you found that conversation with Gus to be inspiring. So in this next section, I talked to Jeff Mudrick. So he's in our brokerage, Island B Mortgage Pros. And honestly, Jeff is like absolutely killing it. Like he came in, we showed him a plan. We said, do this, do that, do then this next. And he said, I just did exactly what you guys said. And he is flying in his mortgage business now. And so this conversation was earlier on. So he had still was just getting it figured out. But today, like when I'm recording this, you know, I think he's got seven closings in the next month. So the guy to go from like brand new, you know, healthcare, mortgage business, all built on having these conversations with real estate agents, following up, building rapport, getting referrals. And now up to, you know, funding seven mortgages already in the next month, which is ridiculous. Check out this conversation with Jeff. Sometimes people take like a transitionary phase, they'll work two jobs for a while. What made you decide to jump in with both feet and just go like, screw it?
4: To be fully transparent, as soon as I joined the brokerage, the sales training was so impactful on my business that it didn't leave me a choice to continue working two full-time jobs. I was getting more deals. Deals were coming up to close, and I wasn't just not able to provide the. It's going to sound corny, I think, but not able to provide the level of customer service that I feel like I should have been to some clients. The other thing, too, is I had a bunch of closings towards the end of September and, you know, leaving a month before, knowing that I will have some sort of pay that will, you know. Yeah, I had a little bit of a pipeline
1: well. coming. And is your wife work as well?
4: She does. Yeah, she's on mountain right now with her baby, but she'll be going back to work as well.
1: Right. Okay. So you touched on something I want to come back to. So you said that you have this tendency to kind of get excited about things and then shift gears. So what's different about this? What's different about mortgages that you feel is like, Hey, this is as a oh, guy who suffers from a similar condition.
4: First of all, in listening to your podcast and in talking to like other brokers, there's an actual potential to make as much money kind of as you want, you know, as much time as you can put in, that's probably the money you can uh, pull out. So that is like a tangible item that is available to me. Also, I realize that this is something that I want to do. And I'm not even kidding. I would just continuously wake up in the middle of the night thinking about other ways to, you know, how I can pitch realtors, how I can talk to clients. And it just, it still has not stopped.
1: Right. Okay. So, and I always say that, you know, there's two main skills you got to develop to be successful sales and underwriting. So which so far have you found to be the more challenging for you?
4: Ah, good question. So I absolutely love the idea of sales. Like from an early age, I'll answer the question. Quick little story
1: first. When okay. I was young, stories are I'm, fantastic by the way. Yeah.
4: <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So when I was younger, Again, this entrepreneurial mindset, I didn't have my license yet, but what I would do is I would sell Xboxes and Playstations on Kijiji or Craigslist or whatever server there was. Then I would actually go and find the Xbox or PlayStation for cheaper, buy that one, and then go and sell it to whoever I had it sold for. So I've always kind of wanted to create- Okay, hold on,
1: stop. Did you actually have the thing that you're trying to sell, or would you only get the customer first and then go find it?
4: I would get the customer and then find what they wanted at a cheaper price.
1: Right. Dude, that is crazy. Yeah. Sometimes you do that.
4: So as I mentioned, I moved out, I lived out West for a little bit. So I paid my flight out there and there and back. So I made, you know, at least a couple thousand dollars doing that. You knew the right time to do it too. And, you know, they were given an Xbox and bought a MacBook. I would log on and people were selling it super cheap. And yeah. So anyways, that was a little story. Dude, there's a whole
1: about- object. Like I'm going to write down that story. There's a whole like business lesson right there. It's like, Get the customer and then the opposite of what most people say. So, okay, that's yeah. really creative. Okay, so go back to our original yeah. question. That's so cool back story. to the
4: question. I think it relates though. So right now it's like going into in the mortgage industry, I was I am still going to get the customer first and then learning all the back end work. So for me, sales is not easy by any means, but I find it to be easier than the underwriting and asking for docs and reading what the docs actually mean and placing the file. So I would say underwriting for me has been more challenging.
1: An area that you've been really seem to be having success with is real estate agents. And so talk to me about that. So like we teach you this whole how to present to real estate agents and how to get them to build the trust. And so how has that gone for you since you started applying that?
4: Yeah, it's going really well. So I started doing it three weeks ago and I have connected with right now, I'm just over 40 realtors. And out of those 40, only two people have declined my pitch to them. And those people are either, currently mortgage agents themselves as well as realtors or one person is just too busy and I'll connect with back in a few weeks and try again so it's been going really well and really the one thing the broker just taught me as well is the importance of scripting and the practicing and how important it is to practice your scripts so as i mentioned you know i'm a creature of habit and i wake up in the morning practice my pitch to realtors practice my objection handling on an hourly basis this is something that i think has already helped me a lot in the business. My wife looks at me and says, Jeff, this is not you. How are you doing this? She would realize that, you know, in front of the camera, at least before I would constantly be, um, uh, D like, you know,
1: pausing quite a bit. So scripting. Yeah. And honestly, so yeah, one of the things that we teach you obviously is how to build that list of realtors and then how to target them and then how to get the meeting. You've been very good at converting them into meetings, which is not easy. And then, so the presentations that you have done, what percentage of the realtors that you've actually presented to have given you leads so far?
4: So I'm a big numbers nerd as well, so I have this exact information. So I've actually pitched 35, five are coming either later after this or tomorrow. So out of those 35 realtors who I've pitched, 25 have given me at least one lead. And then I actually had one person yesterday reach out and say, like somebody who I pitched, if you not give me a lead initially, reach out with a lead, with a very hot lead. So the numbers are pretty good. So I have a boatload of leads coming in my pipeline. Now it's just about me connecting with them and making sure I have that process dialed
1: in. All right, yeah, love Jeff, guy's amazing. So this upcoming conversation, I talked to Ben Jeffrey. Ben funded 37 mortgages in his first full year. And Ben comes from a customer service background and really applied that just extremely well to his mortgage business. He's got tons of Google reviews already talks about not having a plan B why that matters why you don't want a plan B so check out this conversation I have with Ben what were you doing before you got into mortgages
5: Yeah, so I managed enterprise rent car locations and I learned so, so much from this company and the people that helped mentor me. But one of the interesting things about enterprises is you can have the best sales in the world, but you can't be promoted without having impact service scores. And how the customer service scores would be ranked is there'd be, you know, 25 clients that would get randomly called who rented a car and they would have to say they were completely satisfied for you to get a positive score. So I've kind of taken that approach and moved it into my business now.
1: Right. So basically, if there was any reason that they were not, you know, completely satisfied and that came up, then that would prevent you from getting promoted, regardless of if you were crushing the sales because they were like the customer service was that important. Exactly. Right. And so then you did one mortgage in 2019. How many mortgages did you do in 2020?
5: Yeah. So if I did nothing prior to July, but from July to December, I did 15 deals.
1: Okay. And then what about this year? How's it gone so far
5: this year? I've closed 37 deals and I have 10 pending and 15 others who are just actually trying to find a house.
1: Right. And so where's your business coming from? Like where are you finding success as a new mortgage broker? Yeah.
5: So when I started out, it was, you know, realtors, I had one realtor that I did their family member's mortgage and they were turned down by so many different people. And I managed to come in here and it took a lot of hours to work it, and managed to get the family member a mortgage. And then that realtor told her whole real estate office about me. And then next thing you know, the other realtors in the office started using me. So kind of just word of mouth. I also do get, I'd say, a good chunk of my business from financial planners and I would say out of the 37 deals I've closed so far this year, I've received 15 referrals just from clients referring me to their friends and family.
1: How many Google reviews do you have at this point? I believe somewhere around 38. That's a high number of reviews based on the number of files because you know I know people that have got hundreds and hundreds of mortgages funded, but yet you'd see the reviews and they don't have them. So obviously you're creating a good experience, but are you reminding people? How are you getting... That level of conversion into reviews.
5: Yeah, so I send out an email template where the file is going to be closing. I ask the client, "Hey, would it be okay if you took three to five minutes to leave me a Google review? Like it truly helps, you know, grow my business and build a resume when people don't know who I am, they can find out who I am through my Google reviews. And then I actually usually send them a template within seven days of closing. So they've moved into their house. Usually the first couple of days are moving in. And then on the seventh day, I would send them a Google link to leave me a review.
1: Right. Because I just did the quick math on that. It's basically a 71% giving you a review, which is crazy high. I know some people who are very good at reviews and run a great business and they might be at 30%. And I'm talking to people with hundreds and hundreds of reviews. So that's amazing. So I think it's probably comes down to your customer experience, right? Like it's the way you take care of them throughout it. Was there any point that you kind of questioned if this was the right industry or that you doubted yourself?
5: So, at the beginning even my fiance would say like you need to have a plan B. I grew up like my parents telling me like you need to have a plan B in case this doesn't work out. And Arnold Schwarzenegger has this video I saw on YouTube it's called I hate plan B. And he talks about how if you have a plan B and you focus on your plan B, you're taking your mindset and your energy away from your plan A. So you're mm. already telling yourself that if you have a plan B, you're going to fail. So his mindset is there's a plan A and that's it. It's either you're going to be successful or you're not. So there's no option. Just stick with plan A and don't have a plan B. And ever since that, I haven't looked back.
1: Right, so you have no plan B is what you're saying?
5: No, it's either I'm gonna give 150% every day and every day try to grow 1% better, both personally and professionally in my business. And until I saw this question, I completely forgot that I even thought there once was a plan B.
1: So what surprised you most about the mortgage business?
5: I would just say the people involved, like having known some realtors and knowing the industry, I always thought it was kind of like dog eats dog. Like, oh, hey, Scott, you're another mortgage broker. Like, I would think that you're a terrible person and I would think we're in competition. But I was completely surprised by the fact that we're all here together to help support the greater good, which is ensuring people have proper mortgage products. And even just like the BDMs and underwriters, like I feel like some of the people I've connected with, you start to create like a friendship, which Only makes me enjoy my job even more. One of the things I learned from the very get go, and I learned this from my mentor when I first started, was it's not all about mortgages. It's also about the relationships you build with your BDMs and underwriters. Like you have to remember that these are actual people behind the computer. And if you treat them like anybody should be treated, you know, everyone's here for the same purpose. If you are writing a BDM and you're being, you know, maybe not saying the most kind thing like what you put in is what you're going to get back
1: All right, man, I don't know about you, but when I listen to these conversations of new people who are out there, they're doing amazing things, all coming from different backgrounds, different experience levels, different, you know, networks and opportunities and how they're all succeeding, it just gets me so fired up. There's nothing that makes me more excited than seeing when somebody is, you know, doing the stuff that we especially if we coach them on it, and then they go out and they have success. It's like I absolutely love it. So if you're listening to this, you're like, man, next year I want to be on Scott's best of series. So a couple of things. One, go to rookie to rockstar.ca. I got a webinar there that I walk Through how we help new agents. We have significantly upgraded the training. So, all the stuff that we taught Ben, Jeff, out of all the training, Jeff got the because he's the most recent one who went through this program. But even since Jeff has gone through it, we are always upgrading it, always improving it. You know, stuff that we taught Augusto and Justin and Keisha, what we have at rookie to Rockstar.ca is significantly better. When I put this together, I was painting my Picasso for life. Like if somebody put a gun to my head and said, Scott, you have to build a successful mortgage business, referral business in less than six months, what would you do? I'm like, this is exactly what I would do. And the best part is we have it all mapped out for you. So, like literally, when somebody gets signed up with us, they join us every single day for 100 days, Monday to Friday, you're going to get an email from me. It's going to say, hey, welcome to day one. Here's what you need to do today. You've got 27 minutes of training to watch. Then I want you to do dit, dit, dit. And we literally lay it out, paint by numbers. And the whole goal is to help you build a referral-based business just like Ben, just like Justin, just like Jeff, just like Keisha, just like Gus. So go check that out. And thanks again for being a listener to this show. Appreciate you. And uh, thank you so much to our sponsors who let us do this. This is so much fun.